Welcome to the Vismaski Classics podcast Ushatu Levi. Vismaski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 35 pro teams. In season 12, there are 15 races in 12 event locations bringing pro team athletes and recreational skiers together. On this podcast series, we'll analyze the events on the Pro Tour and the Challenger series, portray the legends of the sport and help you to become a better skier. Ladies and gentlemen, a good day to you all once again. This is Usha Tulebi podcast. I am your host Teemu Virtanen, and my guest today is a Finnish skier, a lady by the name of Heli Heiskanen representing a Czech team. And we will talk about that team and of course Heli's background and also an interesting thing is that Heli spent the whole summer in the Czech Republic uh, training with a Rezak or Heli actually how do you pronounce Rezak I know that it's not pronounced a Rezak you know uh, how do you pronounce Reza- Yes it's Rezach <laughs> Rezach exactly that is the correct pronunciation of Stanislav Rezach Good uh, but Heli Heiskanen it's good to have you on our show uh, you are in Finland now so uh, up north in Posio so how is your day Uh yes thank you and first of all uh thank you for this opportunity to be here. Um I'm now in Posio, the South Lapland and in the morning I made some short running and now I'm looking outside and it's raining. And so it means that winter is coming. Oh the, so the rain means that the winter is coming. I think it's just, it's just the sign of a fall. <laughs> yes but uh, it's normal that in a few weeks in my area the first snow is coming. Ah, uh, you're lucky you. You up north, uh, and and as you said, you know the winter comes there usually much sooner than down here uh, in the south. But you're also leaving for uh, Ramza am Dachstein uh, for a training camp. Yes, I'm. I'm leaving actually tomorrow. Uh, but um, firstly, I will fly to Prague, and I will meet there few people and spend few a few days in Petrihov, the place of. And then I think it's actually Monday or Tuesday when we are leaving to Ramsau. Indeed, that is the famous place for uh, for training and of course high altitude training and, and training on snow. We will talk about that a little bit and your camps and also the summer. It's interesting that you spent the whole summer training with uh, I'll call him Rezak now because it's so much easier for me to do it. Uh, <laughs> Stanislav Rezak, uh, with him and 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 your team, of course. Uh, but before we uh, get to that, so um, how do you think? I mean, we're in in a kind of a mid October right now, and only about two months before the the uh, our season begins. Of course, I know that you will have some races before that, some mm-hmm. uh, Finlandia Cup races and so forth. But how are you feeling about the uh, the upcoming uh, winter season? Of course, I I'm interested how my shape is going to be in next season. Uh, I hope and I expect that my good summer training uh, is going to you will see it in my results. I hope so. <laughs> We'll see if that is really going to materialize, and we will talk about that, as I said. But let's start this chat uh, with the last season or your 
your performance last season and the seasons before that a little bit. So that'll be next for us. So, Heli, I know that last season wasn't exactly what you hoped for, but how now kind of looking back, it was a kind of a special year as well because of the, the pandemic and races kept changing and, and so forth. But when you look back, what are your thoughts right now about uh, that season? So, you mean the last, last season? Last well, season, exactly. Yes. I think everything with covid situation in the whole world and for traveling it was quite stressful i think it was the same for everybody and of course all the quarantines and things like that wasn't the so possibility to see other people so i don't know it felt quite hard as physically and uh, mentally side so i don't know it was a little bit like black season for me last season but i i think this whole situation with covid is going to be better right now i think it will definitely that's uh, interesting you kind of describe it as a black season meaning it was mm. so different from all the other seasons but the good thing is that you were able to have races in many mm. countries like as you know here in finland and none of the long distance or mass start races took place which was uh, which was of course a, a bit of a shame <clears throat> but uh, performance wise uh, that was also a kind of a tricky a tough year for you i know that you expected much more you trained really well for last mm. season but um, i assume you were not completely happy with it mm, i was totally disappointed about the last season but like usually i will have really good summer season but something happened last year before the season so i was struggling with that and i think i couldn't reach the top shape at all last season why why do you think that happened uh in i don't know it was of course i started to work a little bit but i think that was actually good for me because uh, as many people know I'm a teacher of mathematics, uh, but I don't know, too many stressful things happened to me too fast. So it was so difficult for me to handle. And now I I have processed that in the last summer. And that was also one reason why I decided to go to the um, Czech Republic to train for two months. Would you say that you are a very sensitive skier? Some people are like that. That a lot of the kind of the outside things can affect your performance. Uh, yes, that's right. I'm, I'm that kind of person, and I hate it. But what can I do? It's my personality. But also, I think that brings also good things with. So it's not only the bad thing; it's also good thing. Yes, of course. Sensitivity can be a good thing as well. It can carry you far being sensitive and also kind of open to all kinds of uh, new ideas and things. Uh, mm -hmm. But going back to the last season, uh, when you kind of analyze that and the races, it was a plaque season, as you said, for you. But still, there must mm -hmm. have been something that 
you something that you took home with, meaning something that you learned from that season? Uh, of course, uh, last season I changed my team for a Slavia Pojestovna sport team, and of course I uh, I had more friends from there, and actually it was quite nice. And um, for example, when I was thinking about on last spring that if I continue or not. So they were a little bit like pushing me and cheering me up. So I think that was a really good sign for them that they supported me so well. You're actually very used to being part of international teams. You come from Finland yourself, but you've been part of an Italian yes. team, another Czech team, Valdevafanski team, and then now this one, Slavia Pojovsna. Uh, mm. How does it work with these international people? I, I know that the communication can be a bit challenging every once in a while. Yes, it's it can be sometimes be like that. But for example, when I was in Italy team, it was a little bit, maybe I can say easier because I can speak a little bit Italian and I understand that. But Czech Republic language, it's so difficult for me. I only understand few words. Of course, they speak a little bit English and German as well. Uh, but it's like figuring out many th- things. And uh, but I think in all these all these teams, it's good that I'm always interested about the new cultures and I'm asking and and if they are helping me. Of course, I will help back, and it's. I have had many friends, as well. So, for many years. For example, this summer I I visited in Robert Pelchold's family. I was with Robert Robert two first years in Visma Ski Classics, and in this summer I visited in their home. So, what have you learned from these international teams? Uh, of course, uh, food is different. And also the temperament with different people. And I don't know, I think it's like opening my mind because if you stay all the time in Finland, that what you see is quite narrow. It's not so wide. And I think I will have a lot of from this for my future as well. And I know that you need to spend a lot of time away from home, meaning away from Finland, mm. in a winter time, and also this this summer and so forth. Do you ever miss anything from Finland? Any of things course, or? I, of course, I I always miss my family and friends, uh, but many times when I I am abroad, I'm quite busy, and of course, spending time with the other people there, it's uh, it's filling my days. Uh, but of course, I am used to it. I have made it for many years, and of course, I can do something else there, like, like of course, uh, cooking, doing some with the, something with the people, and get known to the culture, and looking around. And because I think always this is a great opportunity for everybody who is. Uh, who is going through this, this musky classic seasons. 
So how different are the those two countries? It, Italy, you talked about there was Bruno De Bertoli's team, team that mm-hmm. you were in, and now uh, the Czech Republic. Very different mm-hmm. countries. Both of those countries, are, of course, a very yeah, pivotal part of the Business Key Classics. But if you compare these two countries and time uh, spent there. Um, I love Italy food, Italian food. Uh, but as, if I'm um, speaking about the people, uh, the um, Italian temperament is um, more, how could I say, more fast. They like showing how they're feeling so fast. And because I'm I'm from Finland, I'm not always showing what I feel. <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe they sometimes think uh, are thinking that I'm cold or something. But it's only because it's a culture. And um, for me, if I could say the Czechist culture is more near uh, Finnish culture than it was in the Italy. So you would say that it's in some ways easier to adapt to the Czech culture. Yes, yes. But of course, I have noticed that people uh, there in the middle Europe, they are showing their emotions more than I have used. <laughs> I know, maybe that's something that the Finnish people should learn from them. We are a bit reserved every once in a while, timid people as well. About your team, uh, mm-hmm. since this is your second year and you mentioned earlier that it's a great team, you're really happy with them. But describe the team, tell us about the team. Mm. Our team is actually, it's quite small. Uh, we don't have so many skiers, but uh, our boss, Pavel Sernal, is taking really good care of of all of our athletes and he's interested how we are going and uh, how we are feeling and of course another athletes they are asking what i should need because uh, i don't usually say if i uh, need something it's again finnish culture that i i am don't i don't want to expect too much you know and uh, i know all the athletes from my team quite well and I know that if I want I can just uh, I can take for example WhatsApp phone calls with everybody who are speaking of course uh, English and I don't know I have like it because they just take good care of me and all the other athletes. And how many of your team members will be attending this the training camp that you have in Ramsau right now, starting very soon? Um, actually, I think there is uh, now going four people. It's like one one serviceman and um, three athletes. Let's talk about that uh, camp a little bit. Now we are in uh, close to the mid-October. What kind of, how long is the camp and what kind of sessions have you planned? Um, my training, next training camp is about two weeks, but of course, few days are in Petrihov, uh, but it's going to last that. And actually, I don't know so much about the training methods we are going to use because usually when I'm in Czech Republic, like I was in the summertime, I was training with Sandas methods. But like, <laughs> touch. <laughs> yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> uh, but I assume that you guys will do maybe skiing in the morning and then something else in the afternoon, or uh, yes, uh, some days we are going to make 
two trainings in the a class here. Um, and we will have some uphill roller ski sessions there. And uh, I'm assuming that we have also some long running and walking with the poles exercises. Nordic walking in the beautiful area. Uh, mm. Let's talk about the summer. You mentioned that uh, that you spent eight weeks, two months over there training with Resak. So mm -hmm. you guys actually trained together. Yes. So yes. let's talk actually, about that. <laughs> uh, I, um, I actually, when I, we decided that I'm going to train there, but it was, of course, the part because of that, that they wanted me to continue my career. So I trained every training with the uh, standard and uh, some recovery days I had more and some sometimes I didn't make so many um, times intervals but all the roller ski sessions uphill flat part uh, running gym training so this all we made together and I know that uh you did quite a lot of running too, and that was something that you kind of brought in, and yes. you were really happy to have uh, Rezak mm. as your running partner. Yes, exactly. Because in my home area here in Posio, it's not possible to have friends who can uh, run so many times with me, and some athletes I have here, they don't do so long sessions, and of course, I like to have good speed, and that's a problem for some athletes here. So what kind of running sessions did you guys have? Was it all sometimes like really uh, intensive, or was it more like a recovery in between tough roller ski sessions? Uh, it was basically like mm, basic running, uh, sometimes uh, running with poles long uphill, but it was like many times... Um, some days we did a long double polling sessions and when you are training your up body, it's the next part is to train your uh, like legs and down body because it's a way you can train more. And we are thinking that if you do only double polling, it, it doesn't make your heart uh, or shape stronger. So you need the both sides. But I want also to say that Standard and I, we don't do any cycling training. So some athletes are doing cycling or skating, but we didn't do that. We basically made uh, gym training, double polling training, some classic, only few, and then running. Uh, the strength training, I know that you actually brought in quite a lot into the table. You even showed Reshak how to do certain core sessions. Yes, because um, my my personal coach, Jarmariski, uh, I've used to use his training methods in the gym. And I've always been interested about physio trainings and like uh, training with my own body weight. So um, in my trainings, I can use the boss ball or TRX and, and like this. And of course, and also in my history, I have made also gymnastics. So, so I think I'm not the, the most powerful people in the Visma Ski Classics area, but how I handle my body, it's 
makes me some I don't know sites on my um, my double polling. So it's like the body balance is quite good. Do you do any weightlifting with actual weights? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I do. I do also that. But all my movements are like they are. They are like movements for many muscles. So I almost in every movement I make, I will use strongly my abs and my middle body. So they are not always the normal normal movements, but but I do what I have learned it in my history. <laughs> so how often do you do strength uh, training? Uh, actually, last summer. I didn't do so much, but it was because I was training with the standards methods. Um, but at home, I I do more with the heavier weights, and at home, I I do it now in autumn. I think like two times a week or like that. But you have to remember that I do like um, like um, strength training on the roller skates. So it's not only the gym training. Indeed. And let's go back to the Stanislav Resak's methods, as you said. Mm. Roller skiing there. Uh, tell us about those sessions a little bit. And I know that, you, of course, you used uh, faster wheels uh, than and Resak. Uh, but tell us about those a little bit. Yes, exactly. I was using, <laughs> of course, every time I had to use some faster roller skis, but we made uh, together, for example, like really long sessions and also mm, like uh, nine kilometers uphill uh, trainings, like hard sessions. Sometimes we started uh, at the same time and sometimes I was like, you know, like dog races. I was like a rabbit. So I started a little bit earlier if Stan had also fast roller skis. So his goal was catch me and my goal was that he don't catch me. So, <laughs> and uh, sometimes we made like uh, three minutes trainings, like the uh, intervals, like not starting so fast, but in the last meters, they were full speed so that I have to go full speed and he has to go full speed. So it was like win-win situation for both of us. And for example, when we were in Operdilia last summer training in the roller ski barn. So there were some parts where we always have to go uh, full speed, like short, like it was fast training actually. And what can I tell you more? Oh. We also made a lot of like Smirnov training. It's like a uh, for a, how can I say? It's like for the muscles more power. <laughs> if you know it, what is Smirnov? Not exactly. I mean, I assume it's based on Vladimir Smirnov. You know, the old is that like yep. a strength uh, train, like a really fast sprint or? Uh, no, it's not so fast training. It's like going slightly uphill, but it's like going classic, but you don't move your legs at all. You do all these movements by your hands. Oh, so, so it's diagonal striding without striding, but you use the arms. Yes, yes exactly. 
Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I've seen people do that every once yes, in a while. Yes, I've done it. I've done it also in the past years, but this summer we made it more. Good. What about the long sessions? Did you guys do like really extra long ones? And did you do what the Swedish people do quite a lot, the Vassalo Pass type of trainings where you have a long session, even four or five hours, and there are some sprints and intensive sessions or segments uh, built within? Uh, sometimes in the uh, long sessions, we made some, in the middle of the training, some intervals. Sometimes I didn't even know it before the training, but then Sandra say, okay, today in the next one hour, we are going to do that. But I was always say, okay, then we will do it. And sometimes we finish the training, uh, like the last 10 kilometers fast or so. But um, I think we didn't do so long, long, long trainings. Like I have looked in the social media because I think if you if we are speaking about the kilometers, I think the uh, longest session was eighty kilometers, and, and 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 I remember that day because I was trying to ask Panda if we can make the hundred kilometers, but he didn't let let us to do it. <laughs> Why? Why not? Twenty more k. <laughs> yes, because it was a really nice day. It was. Uh, and also it was quite hot day but i was feeling really strong and good but Stanley uh, says that it's better stop now because we are going to have really good sessions the next days so it's like his training his philosophy he doesn't do like uh, 200 kilometers or so he made those in the last spring i know it but in the summer season he don't do that. How often did you have these intensive sessions or interval trainings per week? Uh, it depends where we were, but it's already so long time ago, so I hope I'm not lying. So I think, um, do, you mean, do you mean short or... Uh, Any kind of intensive trainings it can be uh, from short I, to long. I, I think it was like two or three times a week, maybe. But training with Standa, I want to remind if I say I don't, we don't do long trainings. But actually, the, uh, normally the minimum training was like fifty kilometers. Okay, so it's not like you don't do extra long, but you don't do short ones either. <laughs> yes. That's right. And how many hours? I know that you did a lot of hours per week, per week. Yes, my coach said that I have trained the whole summer like a man. And actually, um, some Czechist people know this, that somebody is training with the standa, some woman there, and this woman is training like a man. So it started to be like a small legend there in the Petrihov area. And... Um, I don't know. The I think my training weeks. Actually, I counted the approximately uh, the week hours from the last summer, and it was like twenty-four 
hours a week. It was something like that. That's quite a lot if you do that for a lo long period of time. Mm -hmm. But of course, I had some some recovery days, and some week was like uh, twenty four sorry twenty five hours for um, five days, and sometimes it was like uh, thirty hours in in six days and like this. But when I felt that I'm tired. I said it, and then sometimes and I went to training, and I just was taking some relax. So after an intensive session like that, and I'm talking about the whole, you know, eight, mm -hmm. eight weeks that you spent there and trained so much, how did you feel when you come back? Did you feel energized or a bit tired? or? Uh, I felt quite energized, and uh, I think it was quite funny because the uphills in my area, they feel like, I feel like it's too flat here, you know, there is not so big uphills. <laughs> but uh, as you know, in my area here in the South Lapland, so we have uphills here, but for me now they seem, okay, this this is quite flat. <laughs> Indeed, uh, Posio uh, is close to, uh, uh, of course, um, Ruka, Ruka, and which is the World Cup place, and, and Kusamo mm. and so forth. Live uh, right up there. Let's talk about that. Then you know, kind of the roads and the area, or the um, uh, the, the Czech Republic. Uh, since there were so many more hills and climbs and and, and mountains, but how mm. was the roller skiing there? The roads and stuff was it ever dangerous? I never roller skied uh, in in the Czech Republic. Uh, actually, the asphalts they are better there than they are. Uh, here in Finland. And it was quite funny that I almost skied the whole Giserska Padesatka by roller skis. Because there was like, uh, like in Finland, we say uh, forest roads. Uh, in Finland, we don't have asphalt there. But in Czech Republic, there many places is asphalt. Or, uh, or Czech Republic people say the panels I don't know the English word for it, but it's possible to roller ski. So you can ski in so many places there. Also, uh, there is also the asphalt is like like summit or it's so smooth, you know. It's not so hard. So basically you're saying that they have these uh, paved roads in the middle of a forest. That's kind of interesting. Yes, yes. But it was quite nice, actually. But of course, they had really good asphalts. They were also longer uphills and, of course, longer downhills. Speaking of which, how about the downhills? I know that you were a bit scared there every once in a while. Yeah. Yes, yes, but that's because I have uh, I have fell down a few times in asphalt, and I broke my my ribs once because I fell down. So Standa helped me in some downhills because he forced me to go them down with him, and he was 
breaking. It was quite strange for me that somebody else is breaking for me in the downhills. So basically you're saying that uh, he grabbed you and uh, kind of killed his speed a bit and he was the one who did all the all the breaking. Yes, exactly. But uh, I have never used to uh, do this, this, but it was, I felt quite safe, but I think because he has also um, children, so maybe he has skied with his boys and that's not so new for him. Indeed. What else can you say about that special time that you spent there two months in a different country? What what did you, what kind of the, the method that you keep keep saying, uh, is there anything that kind of surprised you about Resax or the team's way of doing things? Mm, of course, uh, I started to know people better, but for me it was a big surprise that the people, they take so good care of me and they were really interested how I feel. And also, they are like pushing me to make things harder, not too much, but just enough. And then what's going to happen after this uh, training camp that you have in Ramsau and when you come back? You're training by yourself in Finland before the season starts? Uh, basically, yes. And some trainings uh, here in Posio I have made with uh other men because we don't have any women athletes here uh, but it's quite normally for me just train by myself and it's not so it's sometimes when you do long sessions or you're going to make harder sessions it's a little bit uh, difficult but i try to ask other people to join me and of course sometimes uh, if I is helping me or he is skiing behind me. So that's also pushing me a little bit. So what are kind of your favorite uh, training sessions now or workouts that you like to do the most? Or did you le learn something new, you know, something that, you know, based on the fact that you were there with the Resak that you didn't think that could exist training-wise? Um, I didn't know that I can train so hard like we did, but um, I had really good self-confidence during the summer and I think that was really good for me after the last season. So I started to believe me more and uh, of course I started to like so those hard short intervals. Normally, I don't like it, but because I have to really fight with him. So it was like always a game for me and uh, for him. And I don't know, was there any other speciality, but, but I like it that there were some other athletes training with me so much and having good speed with me. Because as I said earlier, it's not so common for me that somebody else is helping me in my trainings. And also it sounds to me that uh, the playfulness that you guys had there played a big part 
as well, that everything doesn't always have to be that serious. No, no. And of course, sometimes, uh, because as you mentioned it, I had uh, faster roller skis than Standa. So sometimes it, the situation during it like opposite, like he has to really fight fight to catch me or even to win me and sometimes it happened that I was like better but actually in the real life I wasn't better but it was because of my fast roller skis. So, so since you now have a really good uh, summer behind you, a good trial and training season and you looking forward to the uh, the upcoming season of the winter and you feel very confident i think that'll be next for us to talk about the season the new season season 12 and your expectations season 12 as you said most likely we'll be back to a normal in a sense that no more the black season as you called it <laughs> uh, we have a normal season with a lot of races uh, you guys will have 14 uh, races in 12 different locations when you look at the calendar uh, when you first uh, learned about it what was your reaction uh, of course it's really busy this calendar but I want to remind that in my last five years, I have only missed uh, one race. So all the other races I have made, and that's quite a lot. So I, I think not so many athletes has made what I have made in the last five years. But every year I, I think that I'm planning to make all the races, but I'm also thinking that maybe if I feel bad, I will miss some races, but all the races now are in my calendar and we will see what happens during the season. And there's certainly diversity uh, in those races, meaning that there are short ones, there are uh, tempo, tempo uh, races as well, meaning really short ones and extremely long ones like Orefes Lopet and Vasa Lopet, 90k and 100k. Do you think it's a good mix? Yes, I think it's a good mix. And it's always interesting that we don't have the same calendar year after year. So we will have new races, shorter races, longer races. And maybe there's also, we're going to see some other strong athletes, athletes as well. Speaking of which, what are you expecting in terms of the women's field? You said stronger athletes, and certainly there will be new ones. And of course, Marit Björgen and uh, Astrid uh, Rislin's coming back, stronger than ever, most likely, and so forth. Mm. But also, you have to remember that there's many athletes who have quit their career, like uh, Katerina Smutna and then Roxanne Lacroix. Um, so anything can happen, because there is still two months time before the season and then there is coming um, Christmas break so we are living really important times and even if some athletes are in really good shape in summertime it doesn't mean that they are strong in the winter time because as I said many things can happen and also the season is starting in Sweden, Usha Grönklid will be the place, a new place 
as well. Mm-hmm. Not Livigno in Italy, the one that we kind of all used to going to. How do you feel about that? Uh, of course, uh, I, it's quite nice that it's starting from here, Scandinavia. Um, it, that it's not um, the first races are not in high altitude because the first races in the, uh, January they start in high altitude. So I think this is a really good start. And uh, my one plan is uh, after this races from Orsa. So maybe after that I will go to Middle Europe and I will spend the Christmas time in high altitude. So all Christmas time. So are there any races that you're putting a little bit more focus on? Which are your uh, primary primary ones? Of course, Giserska uh, Paresakta is really important for my team. And of course, Vasalopet, I think it's the main race for everybody. And of course, Marchaonga is important. What about Ules Levy here in of Finland? Course. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, I was only saying the like biggest races from the calendar. But of course, Ules Levy, because it's actually quite near of my home. And there is always like some... But I think in Ules Levy, the atmosphere is super and it's so cheerful. And everybody are already a little bit relaxed. Because that is the last race, of course. I will yes, get indeed. back back to that a little bit, the Finnish, you know, the, the kind of the culture here in Finland. But uh, before that, let's continue with the Vismaski Classics. Is there anything that you would like to, or do you think this is now pretty perfect, you know, the concept that we have, all these races, or is there anything that, from your perspective, from athlete's perspective, you'd like to add or change? I think the calendar is so full that it's not so easy to add any races there um, this year there's so many new new races uh, but for me it's quite strange that there's so many races uh, in Italy I was looking at the calendar uh, but of course I like Italy but I would like to see also some other countries as well in the business key classics area I think we all would like to see that Realistically speaking, what are your goals for Nick for the for the upcoming season? Uh, my boss has said that if I'm I'm like in the top ten, he is satisfied. But I would like to see myself in some individual races in top six. But uh, of course, you can say these goals for the next season before the season. But uh, it's a little bit complicated and difficult because I don't know uh, what kind of athletes we have there and how many races people are doing. But uh, in the next season, if I'm better version of me, uh, or I can be better than I was in the last season, so then I think I will be satisfied. Traditionally, Topla Cortina has been a race that you performed really well uh, mm. in. That's not in a calendar anymore, although we're still in the same area. So, But why did that particular race suit you so well? You were like sixth, uh, maybe two times or something like that in that mm. race. 
I think because there's a long, long uphills. I like not so steep uphills, but long uphills. Uh, and because I have also performed really well in Yserska, I have been fourth, and it's a little bit similar track. So long, long uphills, not so steep ones. So I think only that that kind of tracks they suit me well. Why? Why is that the case? Um, I think that uh, for me it's not so easy to use my uh, VO2 capacity by flat parts in double holding. So I think I can use it more when the uphill is longer. And then if the uphills are too s- steep, you need to use uh, too much power and then they won't suit you that well, or? or yes, maybe that, but I think that my weakness is not the endurance. I think it's one of my problems in the last years has been that um, like having enough power for my skiing. Like, hmm, I think that that's that has been small problem for me but hopefully uh, that's been solved now since you've trained so well <laughs> yeah. going, going going back to the the Ulles Levi aspect of things and also Finland Finland is a big nation in terms of uh, cross country skiing we will have so many uh, big heroes still do but long distance skiing the culture i mean you've been part of it for so long now even before Visma Ski Classics, uh, very well known here as a long-distance skier. But what's going on in Finland in terms of long-distance skiing from your perspective? What needs to be done to improve the situation? Um, That's a really good question. I think the long-distance skiing needs more respect because um, I think many people are thinking that if uh, some athletes are doing longer marathon races some coaches are saying that the athletes are going to be slower and i think in finland there's culture where people are thinking that long distance races they are only for amateurs and that's quite sad because if people are trying to do like what i do it's a real job it's quite hard job it's a full-time job and um, and I think many athletes from Finland who don't have any opportunity to go World Cup or Olympics or World Championships should try it because I think they will have maybe better future in the long distance side. So would you say that they are a bit afraid of testing yes. or the, you know the uh, spreading their wings? In business yes. classics, yes, exactly. Because the Finnish athletes they are doing the marathon races only end of the season, not in the middle of the season. But I think it's 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 not wise because of course I think the marathon races can also help the longer races as well. And then what about the events? We have lots of um, marathon ski, long-distance uh, ski races or events. Finland, Ehto is still the biggest one. Ulas Levi is not a great new addition, wonderful race. But if you think about that scene, 
I assume that could be corrected as well. Mm-hmm. But in Finland, I think one problem is that it's really long. Finland is a really long country, and uh, we don't have so many um, people in Finland. So having big big races where there's a lot of people and it's a little bit problematic. And if you want that people are coming to some races, many people like amateurs and also uh, pro athletes, um, it needs more respect. And it's like, I don't know, maybe sometimes better prize monies and of course some some uh, changes in the area like more like i don't say party but i don't know the better word like party style so it's like um it has to races must be a place where people like to be and they want to be like if they don't race they want to just be there and watch the race I don't know if you catch my idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically you're saying that they need to be more like festivals, big happenings, yes. gathering people people around like Vasalopet, for example. Mm. What about double polling? Could that also be a factor that maybe some skiers are a bit scared of that or the, kind of the intensive double polling that they feel that that's not really their cup of tea? Yes, that can be also one one reason. But if you are comparing the uh, races for uh, middle europe races there is also many amateurs who are going by classic but maybe some people are just taking too much pressure of the results races can be also a place where you can just have a good time with your friends and just spend time with the group i think Yeah, it's the enjoyment of the sport. Yes, and it can be also like small challenge for the people and it can be the reason why some people are training. I think that's always a really good uh, reason for training if you have some budget. That is the truth. Uh, But Heli, I think next we'll talk about you as a person. We now talked about skiing, your goals, and your training with the Reshak and your team and so forth. But I don't think that many people really know that much about you. You mentioned your teaching job. We'll talk about Mm. that as well. So let's find out who you really are. Skiing is your career ski. Uh, you are a skier, as you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. just, just a while ago. That is, it's a full-time job. But you are also a teacher, a mathematics. Yes. That that yes. is your subject. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I I teach mathematics, chemistry, and physics in elementary school here in Bosnia. Elementary meaning what grades? Uh, it's like in Finland, seventh, eighth, and ninth. So it's basically teenagers. So basically, that is like a junior middle school school or junior high, as they say in in America. Mm. So uh, I know how the, how those teenagers how they are and how they behave. I've done the same thing myself, being a, being a teacher as well. But do you like working with kids? Yes, yes, I like it, and I hope they also like me. But I always like when I do skiing and training. I try to reach the best results. 
as I can. But I will always do my best also in this field. So what kind of a teacher are you? Mm, I, um, I like to solve problems. And I like to find the way how the students are learning the best. And I believe that the students, they like to speak with me and they just, they just like to be in my lessons. I'm normally, I'm really, I think people give me like really positive person. So I think that is showing in my lessons. So there's uh, quite a lot of problem solving in mathematics, of course, but <laughs> uh, how, how were you uh, as a student when you go back to your childhood and back to the elementary school and junior high? How were you? Mm. Um, when I was in elementary school, I think uh, I, I didn't need to read so much, but my average number was when I finished elementary school, it was 9.7. And that is pretty happy for the, for the people out there knowing that in Finland, 10 is the best you can get. And then you're pretty close to perfect. Yes. Yeah. But I normally um, learn some things really easily. I don't need to read so much uh, and study so much. But then hmm, I think... Mm, after that, I have been like an average because I, I was making studies and uh, trainings at the same time. I was trying to find the balance, balance. And of course, uh, when I was studying in the university, it's quite busy time when you study mathematics, chemistry, and physics because there's a lot of things to do. <laughs> and even at that time, when you were studying uh, those subjects. Did you know that you'll end up being a teacher? Did you imagine another type, another type of a career in the field of uh, you know mathematics? I wanted to be the first place. I wanted to be physiotherapist, but I don't know how I find myself in university to study mathematics. Maybe because my grades were so good that I didn't. <laughs> it was so easy to have the place. Uh, but yes, when I started to um, study mathematics, uh, mathematics, my goal was to be a teacher one day. And then what about skiing? When did skiing come about in your life? Uh, my father was also a skier, so I have made skiing all my life. Uh, so training <laughs> started maybe age... Um, I started training age 10, but I don't know how well it was planned. But I had my first coach, first coach when I was 19 years old. And, and I was starting to like focus more uh, training after elementary school. So I was, when I was in university, and like a few years before that, I was pushing harder and harder every year, every year. But in some parts, I noticed that, okay, my results are, are getting better. And then I started to be more interested. And some years I tried to do 
like Finland, yeah, Kito in Finland, and I know this. Well, this is quite nice. And first year, I think I was like fifth, and the next time I participated, I was first. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> that's when you realize that you know the long distance is your calling. Yes, maybe yes. And then I tried to do some more long distance races. But back in your youth, I assume that you didn't think that you'll be a long distance skier. What were your goals when you were still kind of growing up and and pushing hard and training? Mm, I like also do some shorter races like 5K, 10K. I I still like to do it. Uh, but my goal was just to be like normal distance racer. Um, but one year I just get opportunity to join Visma uh, Ski Classics when I got email from Andrea Puttaponi from uh, Futura team. So it was a really good opportunity to, to me. And then came the next year in Bruno de Pertoris team and then Valdavafun team. And everybody knows the, what happened next. So now I'm in Slavia Pujistovna sport team. But before that, what were your best results? Uh, you mentioned that you did a lot of so so-called standard skiing, standard distances. The, the, mm. uh, but how far did you go before you hopped on the on this side of the fence, meaning long distance skiing? Uh, my best result in uh, Finnish championships has been seventh place, and like normal distance. And then and we. What, what was the distance then? Uh, seventh, thirty uh, k, or. I, uh, no, it was 10 kilometers by classic. And um, then we have some championships with the marathon races a few years. And I won all all those races. It was like the Finnish Championships Cup. So For long I distance won. skiing. Yes, so I won those. And of course, I had also... Uh, championships medals for uh, for relays and um, really good places from uh, sp- sprint relays also. And of course, I've been in Scandinavian Cup. It was 10 kilometers by skating. I was 12. And so you've done quite a lot I, of it. Standard distance. I know you will, you will do more of those before the our season starts. I, aren't you supposed to, or aren't you going to start your season uh, in Vokati this year? Yes, yes, yes. I will do that. That is a fin- Finlandia for, uh, for the audience out there. Finlandia, Suomi Cup, Finlandia Cup. You know the first races that we have here. Uh, all the best skiers, of course, will be there racing mm-hmm. and trying to qualify to the World Cup. So, yeah, yes, and it's really important for the for the sport teams. What else do you do or do you have any time to do anything else? It <laughs> seems to me that you're so busy with your training and teaching and and, and so forth, uh, but you got to have some kind of hobbies or something to do when you want to relax. Yes, I'm married with the calendar, so... <laughs> that, <laughs> I say that... That's, I not, say a, that. <laughs> that's not a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's because, of course, um, in uh, COVID time, uh, 
the school asked me if I want to uh, help them with the teachings and then I got the permanent job from there. So many times I do training session before my work starts in the school. So sometimes I'm training really early um, and then teaching the school another training uh, after work. But if I had time, I like to um, I like to bake and also mm, I don't know, I like to do many things by my hands like I can also make some clothes if I have time also uh, cleaning and like this I can do but I in this time I don't have so much time so uh, I think the best hobby for me right now is sometimes only uh, watch movies movies or listening to voice book because because I'm so busy I also need to relax so can you recall the latest uh, audio book that you've listened to? Oh, yes. It was last book. Uh, it was um, like from the Finnish history after the war. So it was because there is a lot of uh, local area from Kuusamo where I have spent all my childhood. So I listened to that. Because when people were coming, the women after the war, war from Norway to back to Kusama. So. And then what about a, a film, a movie? Since you said that you, <laughs> you do watch films every once in a while to kill time. Yes. So what is that? I only <laughs> I have, I see more uh, in, my, in my iPad. So I only like scrolling scrolling and looking the names and then I'm I'm trying to pick some something what is in, in interested but I normally try to choose my feel film like I will have really uh, a good mood after but not always comedy or like this because I can always look every kind of movies that's not pro problem for me but I just like almost closing my eyes and picking something. <laughs> so you just pick them based on a, a, a catchy title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, then what about music? Do you ever listen to music or when you train or does music mean any, anything to you? Uh, music means a lot to me. In history, I have played flute and clarinet. So I have also that side. So... Um, but I don't have so much time to play anymore. And actually, I don't have any clarinet or flute anymore. Um, I I listen music every day. Many what? times it's like Finnish mu music or, or I just uh, pick from the Spotify some list. Like sometimes I pick, okay, training music or, or sometimes... Uh, I'm small, romantic, sometimes uh, love music and sometimes good rhythm and sometimes a little bit rock or it it, it depends how I feel. <laughs> but do you do that when you train? Yes, yes. But not when I'm roller skiing because um, in my home, if I'm doing roller ski sessions, we have so many cars and it's a little bit dangerous. 
then but when i'm running I, i'm doing that and sometimes i'm also uh, listening to podcasts as well so yes yeah, I, I listen it a lot <laughs> yeah i have a bad myself i have a bad habit of of listening to music when i'm roller skiing and training uh, and uh, you're right i mean it can be a bit dangerous every once in a while because of the traffic and so forth um anything else you want to tell us about your life okay the music we know the films and then the audio books baking you know the, the crafty person you like to do things with your hands mm. anything else that uh, we don't know about Heli Heiskanen I don't know what you know. I'm just sometimes really. I guess people bored. don't know much about you, so you can pretty much say anything. <laughs> no, I I always say uh, to my Czech Republic friends that I'm sorry when they are asking what I have made in every day. I say, oh, sorry, I'm so boring first, <laughs> boring person because I don't have so much time. But hmm, I don't know. Uh, Uh, one target in one year was for me to make triathlon. Uh, so uh, that this may be one side that people don't know about me. I also I even had a tri triathlon bike, but now I I sold it away because I don't have time for uh, time for my trainings to do cycling. <laughs> I have um, still two bikes there. But maybe someday I will do triathlon. But let's see. Anything else in your bucket list than uh, doing triathlon? And now it doesn't have to be sports related. Anything that you want to do one day? Mm. Maybe when I grow up, I will study for myself technical director. <laughs> TD. <laughs> okay. That's a good... But not a place you want to visit, place to go? Um, not right now. Of course, I would like to go after the season, some uh, some beach holiday somewhere like uh, Thailand or something. I haven't been there, but we will see, maybe in the future. But you always want to live in Finland. You've uh, spent so much time outside of your country, in different places, uh, absorbing the culture, but you still feel that Posio in Finland is your your place um, to be. Yes, maybe, but I believe that home, where, home is there where the heart is. So maybe <laughs> uh, it's like Finland and Posio is a really good place, but I a little bit missing Kusamo, where I've lived my, all my childhood. But uh, I believe that I feel okay wherever I am if my heart is there, you know. <laughs> so it doesn't actually mean so much. So it's, kinda, it's, it's the people, you know. It's kind of like the saying, wherever you lay your head, that's your home. And mm. now your head's laying in, in, in Posio. Kusamo is pretty close, of course. Mm. Uh, what about family? You mentioned family earlier when we talked about the you know, different things that you miss. Uh, mm. What does a family mean to you? And if someone says family, family is important. Uh, it means for me a lot. My father is living uh, in Kusamo, and 
he's the person who was taking me to the races and pushing me uh, in my athlete career when I was younger. As I told you, my father was also an athlete. And for me, I have two sister sisters. One is older, one is younger, and they have now small children. So I miss my uh, sisters' uh, children a, a lot. And uh, for example, last summer was a little bit difficult because I couldn't see them. And I know that they are also missing me because if I visit my sister's places, they are crying after me. So I like to play with the children and spend time them since you like them or love them so much your sisters uh, kids and mm. also the the kids that uh, you teach uh, it yes. seems to me that you know they're very uh, important to you very close to your heart will mm. there be a time for you to have your own children uh, I really hope that <laughs> but I, I think also that um, they are like present for everybody so I I hope that I will have children Someday. It seems to me that your life, you have lots of things in life. You have skiing, you have the love for children, as you said, and, mm. uh, and you're busy, uh, married with the calendar, as you said. Uh, <laughs> but still, is there anything that you'd like to still achieve? And it doesn't have to be now the skiing. Of course, you can start with the skiing, but what are kind of the grand goals of your life? when you look uh, into the future? Hmm. I think many things in my life is, is really good. So I'm really satisfied uh, for my life. I have really quite happy, happy life. I have reached more than uh, many, many people. So maybe my goal someday is to have children. As we mentioned earlier, I like them. Just now, I I feel that even uh, sport is really important to me. I in this moment I feel really relaxed because I don't have to worry many things. So I know that after my sport career, I will have another career. So maybe I will study more. Maybe I don't. But for me, I think now I only go with the flow. Go with the f uh, flow, of course. That's that's always uh, important. Uh, but skiing career, for how long do you think you might be able to go? And you would like love to go, assuming that next next uh, season will be pretty much what you hope for. Mm. Um, I always think that every every year uh, it's a gift because, of course, you don't know ever what happens. But my, I know that my team wants me to continue the next uh, two seasons. So, but I think I will continue as long as I feel good or as I feel so. So, I think after every season, I will look uh, forward and also back. So, what are the best best decision for me? So. If I feel good, I know I can continue. I have the place. But if I feel 
okay, this is enough. I can just go and uh, start a new chapter in my life. Uh, I just don't want to think about it too much. What about this old chapter? You know, what has skiing given you over the years? What it, is the greatest thing that you skiing has offered I, you? I think, uh, like, it's where speaking about my history, it has shown me many places. I have had so many good friends here and abroad. So uh, I know that it's it's the thing I will carry in my heart for the rest of my life. So I'm so grateful and thankful all these people I have met. And I hope also that these people are thinking the same. And even all these, all the bad and all the good, good things are teaching me a lot. So I think I will have uh, a lot of information and many things I can use in my uh, another career. So since skiing has given you so much, you are the right person to encourage the young people mm. out there. We talked about uh, the situation in Finland. A lot of skiers don't really or are not brave enough to take the step towards the long-distance skiing. But how would you encourage them, as a last thing, how would you encourage them, these young skiers, to, to you know, just try their wings in long-distance skiing? The most important thing is just follow the passion. And if the athletic, they have just have a good, really good passion and they are ready for, ready to work for it. So why not? And always when you are working hard enough, it's paying, paying back. I think so. And then you will have some results. It's not always easy, I know, but it's all, it's always a good solution. Just try one year, two years. And it's, it's actually, quite short time in your or if you're thinking about all your life but if you don't if you miss it you will think about it or last of end of your years in the life why i didn't try it so when you try it you know that's great advice Indeed, people should uh, try and just be brave enough to uh, do different things thank you very much Heli Heiskanen uh, for being a part of this podcast. I wish you all the best uh, for the upcoming season. I think it'll be your best season so far. You've been you've prepared so well for this one. And uh, once again, uh, just uh, enjoy your Ramzau uh, Amdachstein, the camp over there, and uh, your rest of the you know the training season before the uh, you know the season 12 begins. Thank you, and thank you for being here. And you folks, as always, I uh, thank you for being part of this, uh, for listening to our Usha Tulebi podcast. And remember, you can send us uh, requests, uh, feedback, questions, ideas, and that email address is podcast at wsportsmedia.com. Once again, podcast at wsportsmedia.com. For now, I thank you for being, for being part of this. And remember, more podcasts are coming your way soon. Take care and bye-bye. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.